Well, I'm so excited to be here and uh, just to know how God has blessed this church group for the last, what, 25, 30 years that they've been congregating in one of your facilities here, worshiping God in the language of their preference. What an honor. What a privilege. This is huge. And let me tell you why this is huge. I'll explain to you why it is so important that this group has now been able to grow, progress, and now it's going to be recognized as a company. That is amazing. Estoy tan contento de estar aquí y tener la oportunidad de participar en este servicio donde este grupo que por tantos años se congregó aquí, ahora va a llegar a ser reconocida como una, una compañía. Y eso es algo maravilloso. And let me explain to you why this is huge. We have in our conference territory about 14 Hispanic groups, some small, some big, and they're all, these groups are worshiping in English-speaking congregations. But let me tell you, a lot of these groups, they're like stagnated. They're not growing. They're going around in circles, not going anywhere. Some of them are growing, but not as much as the Templeton Hills Hispanic group has grown. It's amazing. It's incredible. And I praise God for what he has been doing with this group. But you know what? Yo alabo al Señor, hermanos, porque permíteme explicarte por qué es tan importante que este grupo ahora está cobrando eh, ese auge y está llegando a ser reconocida como compañía. Tenemos como 14 grupos hispanos que se reúnen en iglesias de habla inglés como ustedes. Pero varios de estos grupos no están creciendo. Varios de estos grupos están estancados. Pero alabado sea el Señor, porque ustedes como grupo hispano han ido, ha sido un grupo que está progresando, que está creciendo, que está desarrollándose y ahora están llegando a convertirse en una compañía. But let me tell you one thing, none of this would have been possible without the leadership, the leadership of this church. And so, from, on behalf of the Central California Conference Hispanic Ministries, I would like to say to all of you, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much. Because for the last 25 or 30 years, you open up the doors to your church and you put aside the language differences. You went beyond the cultural barriers and you decided to look at this Hispanic group as we're supposed to look at each other's at each other as sons and daughters of the Almighty God. And I praise God for that wonderful spirit that you all have. Church board members, the leadership of this church, elders, deacons, deaconesses, you've been so kind. You created that at welcoming atmosphere to allow this group to grow, to develop, and now to be recognized as a company. None of these would have been possible had it not been for the leadership for your love, for your kindness, and also the leadership of our wonderful pastor, Pastor Zach Page. How many of you are grateful for our pastor? Amen. You have a praying pastor. You have a passionate pastor who loves God with all of his heart and is passionate about winning souls for the kingdom of God. Y por eso, hermanos, yo estoy tan agradecido al Señor. Porque por estos 30 años esta iglesia ha sido tan generosa, tan amable, tan cariñosa como ustedes, Grupo Hispano, que abrió las puertas de su iglesia para recibirlos a ustedes. Y ellos fueron, miraron más allá 
de las diferencias culturales que tenemos, de las barreras del idioma, ellos vieron más allá y escogieron verte a ti y a mí como lo que verdaderamente somos, hijos e hijas del Rey de Reyes y Señor de Señores. Yo alabo al Señor por eso. Gracias a Dios, gracias a los líderes de esta iglesia, pero también gracias al pastor de nuestra iglesia, el pastor Zach Page, un pastor de oración, un pastor consagrado, un pastor apasionado por ganar almas para el reino de los cielos. Alabado sea el nombre de Dios por esta iglesia que abrió sus puertas para recibirnos y ahora llegar a ser reconocidas como una compañía. Praise God. So where do we go from here? Well, uh, the Apostle Paul has a few recommendations and I'd like to see if we could um, uh, get the uh, PowerPoint going here. ¿A dónde seguimos? ¿Qué es lo que sigue después de esto? Bueno, this is my family, my wife who's here with me and uh, my kids. Only two. My parents, they had 12. Can you imagine? They, they had them back in those days when they thought it was cheaper by the dozen. Then later they realized that it wasn't. So it's like, we're staying with two and that's it. They're busy, very active at their church right now in Fresno. But my wife was uh, gracious enough to come and be here with me. But anyways, uh, where do we go from here? Now that we have this group becoming a company, thanks to your loving support, your unconditional love that you gave to this group, where do we go from here? Well, <clears throat> The Apostle Paul gives us a few recommendations there in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. I invite you to go with me. Open up your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. And he's telling us, he's inviting us to continue doing the work that we're doing, to continue working as one body, the body of Christ. But he's also telling us to have the mind of Christ. Look there. El apóstol San Pablo nos aconseja, hermanos, ¿qué hacemos después de hoy que vamos a ser reconocidos como compañía? Él dice, sigamos trabajando, pero algo tenemos que hacer aún más. Y es el apóstol Pablo nos dice, tener la mente de Cristo. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, he reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Haya pues en vosotros este sentir que hubo también en Cristo Jesús. Y el Señor desea, God wants you and I to have the mind of Christ, to reflect the traits, the character, character traits of Jesus, to have the attitude of Jesus. Y Dios nos recuerda a través del apóstol San Pablo que debemos de tener la mente de Cristo, reflejar las características de Cristo, tener la actitud que nuestro Señor Jesucristo tuvo. You remember when Jesus uh, preached his first sermon on, uh, and we call it the Sermon on the Mount, where he talked about the Beatitudes, eight Beatitudes. And if you divide that word into two syllables, Beatitudes, what do you get? Beatitudes. In other words, the Apostle Paul, he's saying that God wants us to adopt the attitude of Jesus, to have the mind of Christ. And through the Beatitudes, God invites us, Jesus Christ inviting us to be meek, to be peacemakers, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to have compassion for the poor, and to imitate the attitude of Christ. 
Cuando leemos las bienaventuranzas, encontramos ahí cuál es la mente de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Descubrimos ahí cuál es la actitud que Jesús quiere que tú y yo tengamos. Y ahí en Mateo 5, donde nos habla de las bienaventuranzas, el Señor nos invita a que seamos mansos, a que seamos pacificadores, a que seamos misericordiosos, puros de corazón y que tengamos amor y compasión por el pobre. Esa es la mente de Cristo, esa es la actitud que Jesús quiere que tú y yo tengamos. That's the attitude that Jesus wants you and I to have towards the people around us. But let me share a little bit with you about the definition of an attitude. There's a lot of definitions out there, but I like this one. And, and it says it's an inward feeling expressed by our behavior or through our behavior. ¿Qué es una actitud? La actitud que Cristo quiere que tengamos, bueno, una de las definiciones que encontré es esta, es un sentimiento interno que se expresa a través de nuestras acciones. Eso es una actitud. Do you know that airplanes have an attitude too? Have you heard of that? You look it up on the internet, you will find out. That's a terminology that pilots use. And the attitude of the airplane determines a lot, I mean, it has a lot to do with the performance of the airplane. And so when the airplane is taking off, they call it nose-up attitude. When the airplane is going down, they call it nose-down attitude. What kind of attitude do you have? Do you have the attitude of Christ? Are you peacemaker? Are you patient? Are you loving? Are you kind? ¿Sabían ustedes, hermanos, que los aeroplanos, los aviones también tienen una actitud? Los pilotos usan esa terminología. Cuando el avión va a despejar y se está remontando entre los cielos, le llaman actitud nariz arriba. Y cuando el avión va bajando, le llaman actitud nariz abajo. ¿Qué clase de actitud tienes tú? Y el apóstol San Pablo nos dice, tengamos la mente de Cristo, la actitud de Cristo. And so the apostle Paul is inviting us to have the mind of Jesus, to have the attitude of Jesus. An attitude is an inward feeling that is expressed by our behavior. Someone explained it this way, an attitude is the advanced man of our true selves. Its roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. It is our best friend and our worst enemy. It is a thing that draws people to us or repels them from us. It is never content until it, it is expressed. It is the librarian of our past. It is the speaker of our present. It is the prophet of our future. An attitude is an inward feeling expressed by behavior. ¿Qué es una actitud? Sentimientos internos que se expresan a través de nuestras acciones. Alguien lo describió de esta manera. Sus raíces son internas, pero sus frutos se ven. ¿Es nuestro mejor amigo o nuestra peor enemigo? Suele ser más sincera que nuestras palabras. Es una mirada basada en experiencias. Puede acercar a la gente a nosotros o ahuyentar a la gente de nosotros. ¿Qué clase de actitud tenemos? The Word of God teaches us that God sees things not as man sees them. God, 1 Samuel chapter 16 says that God looks where? At the heart. I can't see what's in your heart. You can't see what's 
in my heart. But I sure can tell by your fruits, I will know you. I sure can tell you by your actions, by your words. If I give you a mean look, you will know that I don't have a song in my heart. It's like a tree. You can see the fruit, but you cannot see the root. But just by looking at the fruit, you can tell the kind of root that tree has. And so it is with an attitude. Do you have the attitude of Christ? Y la actitud, hermanos, es... Y yo no puedo ver la palabra de Dios. Dice que Dios ve no como el hombre ve. Dios mira al corazón. Dios ve tu corazón. Yo no puedo ver qué hay en tu corazón. Pero seguramente por tus acciones, tus palabras, la manera en que te comunicas, tú vas a indicar qué cosa hay en tu corazón. Es como un árbol. El árbol tú puedes ver la fruta, pero no puedes ver la raíz. Pero al ver la fruta, te darás cuenta qué clase de raíz tiene ese árbol. Y así es la actitud. Dios desea que tú y yo tengamos la actitud de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. Que seamos pacificadores. And so when I think about the attitude that Jesus had and the attitude that he wants us to display. He was selfless. Yes. He was secure about himself, about who he was and about why he had come to this earth for but he was also submissive. Let's look there, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Jesus Christ, he was selfless. Look what the Bible says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others about your, above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each other of you to the interests of others. Nada hagáis, dice la palabra del Señor Jesucristo. Él tenía una actitud de servicio. Nada hagáis por egoísmo o por vanagloria, sino que con actitud humilde cada uno de vosotros considere al otro como más importante que a sí mismo. No buscando cada uno sus propios intereses, sino más bien los intereses de los demás. He had a selfless attitude. In fact, Jesus himself, in Mark chapter 10, he once said, For the Son of Man had not come to be served, but what? But to serve. Are you a servant? Are you a servant? La palabra de Dios nos dice en Marcos 10 que Jesucristo mismo, él dijo, Porque el Hijo del Hombre no vino para ser servido, sino para qué? Para servir. Do you, when we come to church, do we serve each other? No, you, you don't need to be called a, a, a deacon to fold chairs and vacuum the carpet. You don't need to be named a deaconess to bring food to the potlucks. You don't need to be named an elder to be able to tell others about the love of Jesus. You just do it because you have a selfless attitude. The desire to just make the life better on someone else's life. To do things better for others. Make a difference in the life of others. And so, do you have a selfless attitude? No necesitas que te nombren diácono para doblar las sillas y aspirar la alfombra. No necesitas que te nombren diaconisa para traer comida al patlaco, ser anciano para dar estudios bíblicos y hablarles a otros del amor de Dios. No, tú lo haces porque esa es tu naturaleza. Tú tienes una actitud de servicio por los demás. 
the church that I was pastoring a few years ago, we used to have big community service events twice a year, in the spring and in the fall. That big that the uh, TV channels would come and interview and show what we would do out there in that area in Fresno. My goal was to get everybody involved. My goal was to get my church members experience what it means to have a selfless attitude. We used to get 300, 500, 700 people coming just on that one day. How did it happen? Well, yo tenía en mi iglesia, teníamos eventos a la comunidad, dos de ellos en la primavera y en el verano, grandes. Mi meta era involucrar a todos los miembros de la iglesia con el fin de que experimentaran lo que significa tener una actitud de servicio. 300 personas, 400, 700 en una ocasión nos llegaron. ¿Qué era lo que hacíamos? Well, we used to, right there, right outside of our church, we would have our kids announce what services we would provide free of charge to the community. Free car wash, free hairstyle, uh, haircuts, free oil changes. Everything was free. Free food, free horse rides. We had, this is how it worked. We had the um, um, dental hygiene assistant, a professional young man. Pastor, how can I help? Can you offer a dental hygiene class? And at the end of the class, we give them a toothpaste, toothpaste, toothbrush, dental floss. People were happy. A few people, other people joined him to give that class. I had the mechanic, the mechanics. Pastor, I'm a mechanic. How, how can I help in this event? And I said, well, you're a mechanic. How about if we offer free oil changes? I presented him before the church, the congregation, his ministry, for the lack of creativity. I said, this is the mechanic ministry. A few other people rose up their hands and they said, Pastor, I'm not a mechanic, but I can help. I can do oil changes. And they help hundreds of people every year. ¿Cómo funciona este servicio a la comunidad, hermanos? Yes, you can serve. Yes, you can have a selfless attitude. There's so many things you can do for others. And believe me, the happiest people are not the ones who are me, myself, and I. The happiest people are those who just give themselves for the sake of others. Y teníamos entonces al muchacho que, que asistente dental. Le dije, ¿por qué no ofreces clases gratis de higiene dental? Y le regalamos su pastita, su cepillo de dientes. Al mecánico le dije, ¿y por qué tú no mejor ofreces servicios? Pasó yo, ¿qué puedo hacer? Le digo, ¿por qué no ofrecemos ser cambios de aceite gratis? Lo presento y otras hermanas se agregan al grupo y llegaron a dar este servicio también. I had a lady said, Pastor, I'm a hairstylist. I said, okay, let's call it the hairstylist ministry. I presented her before the church, a few other ladies. I'm a hairstylist too, I can help. They gave a lot of haircuts, free haircuts to the community. You think people would come if we offered that kind of services to our community? And then we had uh, this young uh, couple, visitors, they came for the first time. Free food for everyone. 
We had our prayer booth there. If you need prayer, we had uh, literature distribution there if you needed that. And they approached me and said, Pastor, we are looking for a church. And we like your church. But I want you to know that we're not married. Can you make it good for us? Can you do something for us? I told them, free marriage service. And I will throw for free the reception service. Our ladies, they cook the meals. We married them and they join our church. You can be selfless. It's just a, a decision that we need to make. How can I make someone else's life better? Esta pareja llegaron visitantes a la iglesia. Pastor, me gusta lo que usted está haciendo. Eh, queremos, estamos buscando una iglesia, pero este, quiero decirle que no nos hemos casado. Les dije, pues, boda gratis, incluyendo la recepción. Les hicimos la boda, los casamos y después se unieron a la iglesia. Sí hay maneras, hermanos, de ser personas que nos dedicamos al servicio de otros. Social workers. What can I do, pastor? She's a social worker. How about if you provide information to the people that come, information of all the benefits that the county has to offer to them. The nutritionist, la nutricionista, servicios sociales, literature distribution. And I had this lady here. Let me show you this lady here. This is the last one I want to show you. She came up to me and she said, Pastor, you sure cannot use me. I said, why not? Didn't you take the spiritual gifts inventory? What, 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 what do you get out of that? She says, well, I, it shows that I'm good with children, and I know I am, but not like the kind of things that you would want me to do, like teach a Sabbath school class for children. No, 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 I don't do that. I like doing silly things for the kids and making them laugh. Pastor, let, let, let me tell you, this is my thing. Back in my home country, I used to be a professional clown. I said, professional clown? Yes. Would you like to have, wouldn't you, would you let me be a clown in your church? I said, well, not, not here in the church, but maybe outside, you know, with the kids. Really? Yes. Do you have the outfit? I have it all. I presented it before the church. I said, here is the, uh, our lady. I, and she used to be a professional clown by, back in her country. And to my surprise, a couple of other young men raised up their hands. I used to be a clown too back in my... And you don't want that many clowns in your church, do you? But this kind. What a blessing. Yes, you can have a selfless spirit. A selfless attitude. La hermana, ella me dijo, Pastor, yo fui eh, payasa profesional en mi país. ¿Le gustaría tener una payasa en la iglesia? Le dije, pues, hermana, no aquí, pero allá afuera sí nos puede ayudar con los niños y tener actividades para ellos. Y nuestra hermana se vistió, uno tocaba la trompeta, otro hacía maromas y una de cosas que hicieron para agradar a los niños. A rancher came up to me y said, Pastor, you sure can't use me. I'm a rancher. Well, you can help us out too. How? Well, I know you have a few horses in your, in your ranch, don't you? I do. Why don't we offer free horse rides to the people? That I can do. El ranchero que pensaba que no podía servir nada. ¿Y qué tal los caballos que tienes allá en tu casa? ¿Por qué no los traes y, y damos este, paseos en caballo gratis a la gente? 
different ways to serve others. Jesus had a selfless attitude. Do you? Jesucristo tuvo una actitud de servicio. ¿La tienes tú? Jesus also had a, an attitude of, uh, he had a secure attitude. He was very secure about himself. He knew who he was and he knew why, why he had come to this earth for. And so my question to you is, do you know who you are? Let me tell you who you are. You are the beloved son, the beloved daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he loves you with an everlasting love. The blood of Jesus runs through your veins. You are special. That's who you are. But do you know why you are here for? You are here for to tell others about the love of God. To have a selfless spirit. To reach out to the most needy. And let them know that there is a God who loves them too. He was very secure. Jesus was very secure about himself. He knew who he was and why he had come to this earth for. You must know who you are. You must know why you are here for. And there's no room to compete with each other. God gave you gifts and talents he didn't give me. God gave me gifts and talents he didn't give you. So we are here, the body of Christ, not to compete with each other. But to, but to complete each other, to complement each other. I need you. You need me. I know you've been wanting to do this for the longest time, so I'm going to give you the opportunity. Why don't you look to the person next to you and just tell them, you need me. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. You've been wanting to do it. Now look back at the person that tells you, you need me. Tell him, tell him but not that much. We are a team. You know what the definition of team is? Together, everyone accomplishes more. We are the body of Christ. By this, they shall know, God says, that you are my disciples, that you have love for one another. Jesucristo tenía una actitud de servicio. Él tenía una actitud donde él se sentía seguro de quién era. Él sabía por qué, quién era y por qué vino a esta tierra. ¿Sabes tú quién eres? Déjame decirte, tú eres el hijo y la hija amada del Rey de Reyes y Señor de Señores. Y Dios te ama con amor eterno. La sangre de Jesucristo fluye por tus venas. Tú eres especial. Ese eres tú. ¿Sabes por qué existes en esta tierra? Tú y yo existimos porque el Señor quiere que le hablemos a otros de ese maravilloso amor, de ese Dios a quien tú y yo servimos. Que asistamos a aquel que tiene más necesidades que las que tú y yo tenemos. Cuando tú y yo estamos seguros de quién somos y por qué existimos, nos vamos a dejar, ya no vamos a permitir que haya envidias y celos entre nosotros y competir. No, Dios le te dio a ti talentos y habilidades que a mí no me dio. Dios me dio a mí talentos y habilidades que a ti no te dio. Nos necesitamos el uno al otro. Somos el cuerpo de Cristo y el Señor Jesucristo dijo, en esto sabrán que son mis discípulos, en que tienen amor el uno para con el otro. Jesus, he was selfless, he was secure, and last but not least, he was submissive. 
to doing the will of God. Él se sometió a hacer la voluntad de Dios. Jesucristo tenía la actitud de servicio, tenía una actitud de confianza propia, sabía quién era y por qué había venido, pero también una actitud sumisa a hacer la voluntad de Dios. And the text reads, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see how far he went. Out of love for you and for me. Nota hasta dónde llegó el Señor Jesucristo. Dice, hallándose en forma de hombre, se humilló a sí mismo, haciéndose obediente hasta la muerte y muerte de cruz. Are you obedient to the will of God? Do you submit yourself, yourself to the will of God? Reminds me of the story of uh, John chapter 2. Where at the wedding of Cana, and Jesus was there, there was a shortage of wine. And so the disciples came to Mary, the mother of Jesus, not knowing what to do. But Mary said to them, whatever he may say to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, just Do it. No questions asked. Even if it doesn't make sense, just do whatever he tells you to do. Are you that obedient to the will of God? When he says, bring your tithes to my church. Well, God understands. I don't have the money. It's not enough. Are you faithful to the Lord? Are you obedient? Or you question his commands? When God says, come and worship me on the Sabbath day, the day that I blessed, hallowed, and sanctified, do you come and worship him on Saturday? Even though everybody says Sunday is the day to go to church, but we're not here to do what the people says. We're here to do what Jesus commanded us to do. And faithfully, we are here. Worship him on the day that he blessed and sanctified. May God help us. To display a selfless spirit. Jesus was selfless. He was secure. He was submissive. Are you? I hope so. I pray so. Recuerda la historia, hermanos, hablando de cómo Jesucristo se sometió a hacer la voluntad de Dios. La historia en Juan 2, cuando en las bodas de Caná de Galilea, Jesucristo ahí estaba, se acabó el vino, los discípulos vienen a María, ¿qué hacemos? Y María les dice, haced todo lo que Él pida, lo que Él diga. Obedientes, no preguntas, no cuestiones, solamente haz lo que Él pide. Y cuando Dios dice, hermanos, traer los diezmos al alfolí, ¿Hacemos lo que Él pide? ¿Somos obedientes o lo cuestionamos? Si tú y yo fuésemos y somos obedientes, hermanos, garantizada está la bendición de Dios. Todo lo que Él diga, eso haz. Y Dios dice, ven y adórame en el sábado, el día que yo bendije y santifiqué. El mundo dice, el domingo es el día de ir a la iglesia, pero no, nosotros no hacemos lo que el mundo dice, nosotros hacemos lo que Jesús pide. Y por eso estamos aquí adorándole a Él, en el día que Él bendijo y santificó. Mi deseo, mi oración, hermanos, es que tú y yo podamos tener la actitud de Cristo. Una actitud de servicio, una actitud de seguridad propia. Yo sé quién soy, yo sé por qué existo, yo sé a dónde voy, 
una actitud sumisa y entregada a hacer la voluntad de Dios. Que Dios les bendiga a cada uno de ustedes. God bless you all.